Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Impetus Health. Today we're talking about all things recovery. Ellie and I go through how do you prime your body for competition coming up, how do you um, treat your body through nutrition, how you treat your body through movement and exercise leading up to competition. We also talk about uh, right before competition, what do you do, and then when you finish your event, whether you have another event coming on or you're able to rest till the next day, maybe that's the end of your event, what do you do from a nutrition exercise movement perspective to make sure you're treating your body as well as you can and stay injury free. Um, this is part one of the recovery podcast and part two, we will talk about what you do post-workout. So guys, check this out. Let us know what you think and um, enjoy. See y'all later. This is a revolution to fight for truth, to fight for the people who trust us with their health and to fight for research-backed action. This is a fight to purge baseless trends and customs in healthcare. This is a revolution to change the steps of healthcare from reactive medicine to preemptive medicine. Our vision is to be the catalyst for a system of proactive healthcare versus reactive healthcare. This is Impetus Health. And then I'll kind of jump to post-workout yeah, since I'm already on it. So post-workout, um, the best thing to do is a shake. So a protein shake with carbs mixed in. You're going to want about... 40 grams of carbs and then 25 to 30 grams of protein. The reason shakes are great is because you 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 condense the number of moving parts instead of having to go get a meal and be like my chicken is my protein, my rice is my carb and then trying to like pair things together. A protein shake you just mix it all together. It's really easy and then again, it's super easy to digest because you don't have to chew anything, especially if you have an event coming up soon after. Um, but you really, protein does become important in this regard because you've just broken your muscle down, right? Yeah, so we want to repair it um, and help you recover best with the protein and then um, re replenish those glycogen stores with the carbs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you, so you just finished the workout, it's time to recover, what do you do? The, so your, your body just went to its end. Your body just went to its, its highest capacity for whatever you put it through. So those muscles have been firing like crazy. The heart's been doing everything it can to keep up with the oxygen demand that your body has just put onto it. Your muscles have been screaming at the heart for oxygen. Your anaerobic muscles, the ones that don't use oxygen, they've been lighting up their energy systems. They've been doing everything they can to keep up with what you've asked them to do. So now what do you do? You stop. Okay, if you have nothing going on the next day and you stop right then, odds are your recovery is gonna be okay. I do not recommend that though. You want your body to be able to really, you want your body to be in the best state that it can be. So right when you finish the workout, it sucks, you're hurting. But if you can find a way to go do something, I recommend the same movement you just put it through. Dial the weight down, dial everything down, and try to start moving with your heart rate wherever it was when you finished the workout. And over the next 10 to 15 minutes, it really does depend on the length of the workout. If you just did a marathon and you just did a two-hour run, your recovery is going to take a long time. Your recovery should take, honestly, Michael Phelps, when he does a, an event, a long event, he recovers for the same amount of time that he just worked out for. That's tough. I mean, you know, living in reality, that's really tough. If you have that time, please go for it. You're going to feel yeah. so much better afterward. Yeah. Um, Can I hit on something yeah. on that? Yeah. yeah. So, it, again, if you're in the CrossFit world, you've probably heard of the man. His name's Chris Henshaw. He, he basically owns the aerobic capacity course that CrossFit has um, branded and put on. So, he is a mastermind. He's an uh, Ironman or triathlete background, all that. Trained Rich Froning. Anyway, he was telling a story about when he was at the CrossFit Games and he was watching the athletes after they did a hill sprint. And 
he said they it was like a two minute sprint with a sandbag so uphill two minute sprint like that is like max lactic threshold you're gonna start building up all this lactic acid which is what makes you sore he said these are the best athletes in the world he watched them finish the sprint and at the CrossFit Games, they had golf carts up at the top of the hill that they would drive the athletes back down on the golf carts. And he said he saw every single athlete get in the golf cart so that they could be driven back down the hill right after they finished the workout. And he said that that was the worst mistake he saw all of these athletes make. And the reason being is they've, like Sean said, they didn't take time to cool down and use the same muscle group in a in a much lower intensity to flush out that lactic acid. So he said, if he had been one of their coaches, he would have told them, do not set foot in that golf cart, walk back down the hill that you just ran at, right? Yeah. So a high intensity sprint. And then he said, using the same muscle group, walking back down the hill at a yeah. lower intensity to flush out that lactic acid. Especially if you are about to compete again, if you have another right. event coming up, you that's a must, you have to. If you just stop, your body shuts down. Mentally, your body shuts down too. The yeah. brain controls the body. The brain just told the body to shut down. If you start moving immediately again after, the brain has not told the body to shut down yet, and it's going to start priming for the next event. Even though it's the last thing you want to do, walking down the hill after you just sprinted it, you know, and, and you see crossfitters or anyone in general just fall into the floor after a workout. Yeah. That is not what you want to do. You don't I mean, want to be rolling around on the floor because it's going to let that yeah. lactic acid eat away at you. If you fall down, maybe give yourself 10 seconds and then get back up and just start. Just hop on a bike and start moving. So let me ask you this, Ellie. So you talked about recovery after the event. How would you? So I was talking about on your nutrition how would you do your nutrition like we just did today between events you got 40 minutes between your next event yeah and this is going to depend on the person some people like to have some food on their stomach when they work out but those are those are rare people that can eat like a chicken breast and sweet potatoes and rice if you only have an hour between workouts um, some competitions give you more time so you could definitely eat a full meal but really the if you want to keep it really streamlined it's totally fine to go a whole competition day doing shakes. I know yeah. it's not super palatable. I mean, it's not super glamorous, but if you're getting your carbs and protein in, then that's all you really need the competition mm -hmm. day. Fat is not something we care about until that night. So the, it's again, this does not sound healthy, but one of the best things you can do, especially if it's a multi-day competition, after you finish competing, let's say Saturday, go out and get something with a ton of fat. Because if you think about it, you you totally you went all day eating only protein and carbs. So you didn't get any fat in. So eating like sweet potato fries with a hamburger sounds super unhealthy, but that's one of the best things you can eat after a competition um, in terms of recovery for the next day, because that fat's gonna help with inflammation. Um, it's gonna help with your joints. It's gonna help with recovery and um, energy as well, because fat is also a macronutrient that is used as an energy source, um, but it's not our primary energy source. So carbs first, then fat. So you wanna make sure that you are getting it that night. And hydrate. Yeah, so hydration is its own category, yeah. and uh, we can kind of go ahead and start hitting on it. Yeah, but you need to you need to fill. It's it's literally if you just worked out, you literally just emptied your gas tanks. Right, you need to fill back up with gas. And this goes back to the concept of being proactive. You cannot hydrate sufficiently the morning of a competition. Yeah. You cannot hydrate sufficiently the night before a competition. Yeah. Hydration is cumulative in the same way as if I got two hours of sleep two days before the competition and then the night before I get 12 hours, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, it's cumulative, it adds up. So um, you want, like I said earlier in the podcast, you wanna make sure you're hitting the same water goal um, in the days leading up to the competition. And then um, on the competition day, just 
constantly drinking water. You're gonna be peeing every what 30 minutes but this is something that i've gone back to i used to tell clients like oh my goodness make sure you know you're this many pounds make sure you're drinking 100 ounces of water the best way to determine if you're hydrated is just to look at your pee look at your pee and if it is yellow you are not hydrated Mm -hmm. you know it should be running clear all day um and that's really hard to do it's a lot easier said than done but um their scales, if you want to look them up on Google, and it shows you what your pee should look like when you're hydrated, and yep. just use that as feedback. Yeah, and I want to throw something else in there too, because we're kind of wrapping this up. But um, if you do have a pair of blood flow restriction cuffs, my goodness, I do not, don't, if you're doing multiple events, I'll do them in between events, but if you're done for the day and you're competing the next day, man, put those cuffs on and bike. It'd be amazing to have a 400% spike in human growth hormone just to recover. Yeah. That'd be amazing for you. You'd feel more incredible the next day. Yeah, and I do um, want to ask Sean about this one thing yeah. real quick because you see people, I'll, I'll see people a ton of times at competitions just foam rolling or stretching in the corner. And how effective is that? Like, yeah, should you be stretching before and after? So it really depends on what you're going to go into. Um, foam rolling, there's been studies that I'm going to lie, it's not. It's not very beneficial. Um, you actually get the same effects out of 30 seconds of foam rolling as if you did it for 30 minutes. Um, there's no difference. Because um, we're, we're, we're keeping this in the, th- in the concept of things that work. We're talking about priming the body and recovering the body. So if I'm priming the body, foam rolling isn't going to do much to, to help me. If I, Actually, if I'm about to try to hit heavy weight, if I'm about to squat heavy or do something like that, and I'm stretching a lot and I'm foam rolling a lot, we have actually paid a price we're not going to be able to hit the same amount of weight that we could have if we didn't mm-hmm. and that's been proven static stretching for long over two minutes decreases your body's ability to maximally fire mm-hmm. and that's through that's through emg studies so they'll put a they'll put something in the muscle have it fire before they static stretch have it fire after and the electrical current is less after a static stretch mm-hmm. so you don't want to do that before you hit heavy weight um are we going to talk about normal tech and east end so what do you think of Normatech between events? Um, These not, are compression boots that squeeze your legs or yeah. arms. Normatech overall in general, it may give you some stress relief. It's entirely placebo. There, nor, does Normatech, the blood flow though help clear out the soreness? It does not. No, not really. Um, not for the folks who are using it. If you have, maybe if you have lymphedema, it could help, but uh, that's an entirely different concept. Normatech is not going to give you much recovery. It could be stress relief, it does feel good. It feels great, but it's not gonna give you much else than that. Some things that are good for recovery is um, electrical stimulation. E-STEM is good for recovery. If you have Why is that better than Normatech? Because Normatech is entirely passive. Um, if I have Normatech boots on or sleeves on, then I'm not doing anything at all to help my body buffer the byproducts it just created. So why does it have to be active if the cuss can do it for you? Um, they, they're not doing it for you. They're just kind of pressing, they're giving pressure to the muscle. But the things, what allows us to buffer is whenever we just fill the body up with all these byproducts of energy systems, um, it's the, the, all those byproducts are trapped in the muscle, they're trapped in the blood. So we have to get it back to the lymph. So it's the only way you filter anything out of your body is through your lymph. Muscle so contractions, the, right? Muscle contractions. So if you go through the vessels, arteries have contractile units, they can pump by themselves. Veins have a little bit, they don't really pump by themselves, honestly. Yeah. Lymph, the lymph, not lymphedema, lymph have no contractile units. The mm. only way that lymph moves through your body 
is through muscle contraction. So if there's so, no muscle contraction, there is no recovery. So muscle, so okay, so Normatec works to a much lesser degree than E-STEM. It's basically the same concept, but you're you're helping the muscle contraction with E-STEM. So it yes. kind of compounds. The, the electrical stimulation is firing your muscle, moving it back into the lymph, and Got then it. it can help you filter out more. So so when you're doing E-STEM, should you be doing active range of motion movements, or is is it doing it for you? That'd be best. Yeah, move movement is the gold standard. Well, that's why blood flow restriction is so good because you're moving while you put the cuffs mm -hmm. on. You have to. That's why you're moving and it's amping up your human growth hormone. Yeah. Um, but movement is the gold standard for recovery. The next best thing would be e-stem. E-stem plus movement's better than just movement. So the like e squats while you're yes. while you have the e-stem on your legs. Yes, but squatting is better than e-stem. Just e-stem plainly. And then uh, you can use Normatec, but it's it's a negligible. It's going to be. And a listen, we have Normatec boots. Like Sean has them at the <laughs> clinic. We have nothing against them. It's just not if you're looking for the biggest bang for your yeah. buck then that's not it yeah that's okay. not it that's okay. not it Static what about stretching. manual like what if you have a physical therapist who will like yeah. work on you manually uh, manual is about in the same boat as as the uh, norma takers uh it's unless you're it all comes down to how active are you so like you, you are, in the same boat. There's a reason we call it active recovery. Right. Like you want to actively recover. Anything passive is not going to be nearly as beneficial. The best thing you're getting from a passive modality, Normatec, manual therapy, is stress. You are decreasing your stress. There is power in human touch. There's power in deep pressure. That's what you're getting. Right. But not much from a muscular recovery standpoint. Right. And last thing I want to hit on, then we'll wrap it up. But stress on your body is stress on your body mm -hmm. it doesn't matter well it matters but it, it, regardless of what form it comes in whether that's work stress relational stress physical stress in your workouts um, whatever stress from not getting enough sleep that is going to have an effect on your body in the same way yeah. right your body has to deal with it think so, of you so. intaking stress your body has to to filter it so if you have a crazy week of work before a competition, don't go kill yourself in the gym. Or you might even need to, to take a day off before a competition, right? It's just like if you had done four, four hours of workouts, you know, it, that stress accumulates and it piles up in your body and you increase your propensity to get injured. Um, mm -hmm. You increase your ability, to, your propensity to get sick because your immune system becomes more compromised the more stressed you are. So take that into account as well. Um, lifestyle factors are huge when it comes into um, competition and recovery. And again, you know, it goes without saying, but sleep Oh man, yeah. Is, we didn't talk about sleep. We didn't talk about sleep. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess we have we have four minutes and we can talk about sleep. But um, so I would argue that sleep up there with nutrition. Oh my goodness. Sleep and nutrition is are the, the most, most important, important things. Yeah, that you can do for for recovery. Yeah. Um, and I would say that the week leading up, you need to, to to optimize your success. You would need eight hours probably. So or we, more. We have our five fundamentals of health that we talk about, and the bottom two levels, meaning the foundational pieces of the pyramid of health, is nutrition and sleep. Right. Those are so fundamental. Seventy-five percent of the human growth hormone in your body is secreted while you're sleeping. And can you? <laughs> our phone and, just fell. Can you not, talk about why human growth hormone is so important in recovery? Because some oh, people don't know what that is. Yes, yeah, so human growth hormone. It's 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 literally pure recovery. That's the best way I can describe it. Anything, so if you're now or a girl, you don't get testosterone unless you have a human, human growth hormone is what tells your body to release testosterone. So human growth hormone, um, literally when your body 
pisses itself through exertion and it, your pituitary gland picks up the lactate levels have increased and that's what happens after you work out it sends out equal amounts of human growth hormones to respond and that is literally that is your muscles building stronger than they were it helps provide proteins to the areas it needs to get to it is the is the magical yeah. molecule it's incredible people take it as a steroid and yeah. if you can secrete it naturally more efficiently then Here, you're winning here's how much human growth hormones work if you're going to buy human growth hormone on the black market and you, inject it in your butt you might get two two weeks worth of human growth hormone might might cost you around two grand it's like liquid gold it's it's like it's liquid gold because it, it that's how you get stronger right it, don't it, take steroids but do it naturally, naturally by getting 75 percent you when sleep. you sleep, so look for that eight hours a night. Yeah, sleep is, is the biggest thing you can do. Um, yeah. so and yeah, and you won't get injured. So yeah, hopefully. If, if, yeah, if, and we kind of fireball a lot of this. But if uh, you guys like this content, what we talked about, if you have any questions about what we're talking about, let us know. We'll do another podcast on something specific. Yeah, uh, and we plan to do one just on blood flow restriction. Sean. Yeah. Um, rinse out cuffs at his clinic and he also uses it with all of his clients most of his clients so if you are interested in blood flow restriction um, we have like manuals for that and recovery yeah. protocols because that really is the best thing you could do for recovery <laughs> sleep and like it, uh, apart from sleep and nutrition so it's a true bottle hack um yeah let us know if you have any questions we hope you enjoyed this and look forward to doing more podcasts soon thanks guys